Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Friday is here. It is Hockey Central. Kelly Kirsch, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon, and a busy show. We'll hear from Elliot Friedman and get our spiciest moment of the week for you. It is hockey-related, and that's coming up for Bacardi just before 1 o'clock when the big show takes over. We kick off every show on Hockey Central with a chat with Lou. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Well, Lou, it took uh, six games for the Tampa Bay Lightning to dispatch the New York Islanders, some overtimes, but they get it done. I guess the question now is how much energy and physicality you know, was too much for Tampa, or can they get on a roll again? This will be interesting. That was quite the series. Well, it was a series, and credit Barry Trotz's team, the New York Islanders. They took that series into the mud a lot, and it wasn't easy for Tampa in any way, shape, or form. And you're right, it was the kind of series with lots of extra time and back-to-back overtimes and a double overtime in Game 5, and You know, it wasn't obviously the way that John Cooper and company drew it up. They did not have Braden Point available for two of the games. Kelly, you wonder where the series might have gone had he been healthier and even able to play in a couple of those games. But that's what the Stanley Cup playoffs is all about. Um, People are banged up. They're held together with, you know, the greatest hockey tape you can find at this point in time. But at the end of the day... The Tampa Bay Lightning um, have gotten back to the place that they've so coveted for the last number of years and expected to get here, and probably in many people's eyes, the favorite. And it was interesting last night to see Anthony Sorelli, who had not scored a goal or a point in the series, be the overtime hero. And personally, for me, it took me right back to sitting at the Coliseum in 2015 and watching the final of the Memorial Cup and a great game between the Kelowna Rockets coached by, you know, Ryan Huska and, and part of that group against the Oshawa Generals and buck and a half into the overtime ended a great game and Anthony Sorelli was the hero of that game and he was we weren't sure if he was going to finish last night's game. He took a, a big wall up there. Oof, did he ever. As uh, the Islanders were trying to get back on side, and he ended up going, you know what, over tea kettle. And I tried to research that statement. I still don't really know how we ever got there. But um, he got flipped over, and you're right, it was very uncomfortable. And it, when he went down, I'm like, oh, boy, point is obviously not at 100. And now – you're potentially dealing without this guy too, but he rallied back and looked fine and Tampa is into it. And I guess if we can, and I know Logan does such an unbelievable job to assist and help in the hits. And it was pretty evident in listening to John Cooper after the game that, you know, so much Kelly, as you know, is expected of this group and it hasn't always been easy. Last year was incredibly beyond disappointing after the 62-win season in the regular campaign and then getting bounced in four straight by Columbus. But you could hear some of the relief and the understanding of just what it takes to get back to this point. Well, I'm going to tell you something. So, um, you know, Brendan Morrow, uh, 
has always stuck with me and he's, you know, he's a reason, a big reason we made it to uh, the cup final in, in 2015. Uh, but, you know, when he first came in the league, he went to the Stanley Cup final his first year. And when you're young like that, and even in my coaching career, I, like I went my second full year, um, all these kids were young. And he, he said, he always told me, he's like, cherish the moment and never take anything for granted because you never know when you get back. And Morrow didn't get back again until we went in 2015. And that is partially, you know, one of the hard things when you don't win because you're, you're cheering for, for guys like Brendan to raise the cup. And, and we didn't, we, we didn't get it done that year, but I've, he's always stuck with me because you never know when you're going to get back. And for this group to, to go to a conference final, like four to six years, it's pretty remarkable. And you can sit here and say, Oh, well, you know, maybe you should have won here. You should like, no, like it's really, really hard to win in this league. And you need a lot of things to go right. Like tonight, like we gave up a breakaway in overtime and we needed our goalie to make a remarkable save to give us a chance to win tonight. Like that stuff happens. Sometimes those go in, sometimes they don't, but like the reason you get that far is because, you know, you've hopefully you've earned your way and you've, you've played better than the other team and eventually chances and, and things go your way, but you need some breaks and um, it's, you know, to get back the way we have, uh, with, especially with the core group all still together. Um, like I couldn't be more proud of them. And that, that's why I'm so happy for the players because man, do they got this stuff out. Um, it's just, I'm so happy for them. I, I, it's hard to explain. There we go. Tampa Bay head coach, uh, John Cooper talking about what a grind it is, Lou. And, and, and over the years, I've heard a lot of the guys from that 89 team, the Flames say the very same thing. They were a lot mm-hmm. younger. Joe Newendike, Gary Roberts, Theo Fleury, and you, you sure don't appreciate it at the time. You spend a few years in the league, and you know that it is tough to get to the final two teams to see who gets that Stanley Cup. Well, it is, and there's a lot of teams, as you know, you just need to do the math that would trade both teams in an instant, and now starting tomorrow night, we're going to get to crowning a champion, which when you think about COVID and the bubble and everything is pretty amazing that we've made it to this point. But um, I love the clip by John Cooper because what it is, it's, it's perspective with a capital P and, you know, you do have to earn it and it does take, we've talked a lot, even on this segment about, you know, you can have all the talent that you want. You can do some great work, but when the, difference between winning and losing and he pointed to the breakaway shorthanded you know in overtime that could have sent it to game seven you know you need some good fortune and and it's something that I truly the longer I watch sports it's you know we've gotten to the point Kelly where we break everything down so much and we have all the numbers and we have all the analytics but one thing that's never changed in sports is just the finite nature between winning and losing. And and I have yet to see a good fortune analytics chart. Now, maybe they'll come up with one at one point in time, but um, I love it because I still feel like sports and playoff sports is the greatest theater in life. And one of the reasons it is, is because we can't predict it. And even in a world where it's like 
we want to get closer and closer to predicting everything. I love the fact that we can't. And it's, and it's, I think one of the huge reasons since I was a little boy that I've enjoyed sports so much because of that aspect at the end of the, at the end of the day, we still have to play the games to find out. Yeah. That's the fun part. We're chatting with uh, Peter Labardius. We've got Peter Klein, Logan Gordon as well. It is hockey central at noon as the, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Dallas Stars will play for the uh, Stanley Cup here in 2020 in September, which is a little weird. We'll have it for you tomorrow. First game will go at uh, 5.30, so we'll have every game for you, no matter how long it takes to get the uh, Stanley Cup awarded up in Edmonton. So we'll start with uh, Peter, then go to Logan, and then uh, with Lou. Give me a little prediction for tomorrow night. Are we going to see a team that's rusty in Dallas are we going to see a team that is uh, exhausted in Tampa Bay or a combination thereof? What do you say, PK? Uh, I, I think we're going to see a little bit of rust from the Dallas Stars early on. I, I think back to game one against the Calgary Flames, where they're coming in off of the round robin. The Flames are coming in off of the qualifying round, and Dallas didn't look all that great. I, I don't think that it's going to be as I guess one-sided as that game felt at times, because that one, it it kind of, it seems long ago because in some ways it is, Uh, but the Flames really controlled that game. I think Dallas will make it very competitive against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I I think this Lightning team is going to be able to build off of the momentum of this instead of being really beaten down by it. So I, I think that we're going to see I think it's going to be more rust than rest for the Dallas Stars. I think it's going to be incredibly competitive, uh, but Logo, I I think Dallas is going to have a a bit of a tough time with the layoff that they had. Yeah, I actually kind of lean a little bit more to the the rest side of things. I think this is kind of just the perfect amount of time for Dallas to to have rested. I would have probably leaned more to your side, PK, if it was um, maybe going to Game 7 and they almost had a full week in between there, but I think... Given the grind that this has been and, and, you know, a lot of hockey in a short period of time, I think that this might just be the perfect amount of rest for Dallas heading into to Saturday night. I don't think they're going to be rusty. I might be wrong on that one, but I, I just have a feeling this is a good little break for them to kind of situate everything and enough time to practice but not feel overwhelmed and kind of get their legs back under them for, for Saturday night. And, I mean, Tampa Bay will have to be – ready because I think Dallas will probably be itching to, to get it going Saturday night, Lou. I, I found that I'm uh, getting worse at predictions the older I get, so uh, I'm probably more interested, to be honest, in, in just the matchups. I think there's several great ones, but you know, to stay on that same topic, Jens, is there anyone who probably could have used a little more rest than Anton Hudobin? That's that's the busiest, most important stretch of his career. I think it'll help the battler and the former Saskatoon Blade to, to feel a little more rested. Um, you never know how these things are going to play themselves out in terms of rhythm versus rest. Uh, I always think, you know, over the long haul, take away the bubble situation, and I think the Stars went bowling yesterday to, to get away and have a team outing, but... Um, I, I, again, it's this one's so difficult, and until they drop the puck, having a sense for what Dallas is going to do or what they're not going to do is one thing. For me, uh, the more I assess the matchup, Tampa's going to have their hands full. 
you know, in a, in a lot of ways, we probably haven't stopped to give Dallas some of the credit that they deserve. But you go through the matchups, um, it has the makings of a very, very interesting series. And for me, from a Dallas perspective, albeit that, you know, I, I like Tampa in terms of playoff experience over Colorado, um, but there's some real similarities, don't you think, guys, between the way you know, Colorado with high-end people that, you know, they want to play an up-tempo game with, with a lot of pace and a lot of skill. You know, Dallas has kind of had every single challenge that you could imagine. Now, from the other side of the coin, it's it's interesting to me because one thing I don't think that Tampa has had to deal with, now they had an unbelievable challenge in the Boston Bruins, and Columbus in its own way in the first two rounds, obviously. But has Tampa had to deal with a defense and the type of transition game that Dallas can provide? And the other thing is, even when you compare the Dallas situation to the Islanders, well, don't you guys just think that for Dallas there's, there's more experience, there's more depth, there's more you know, overall physicality? And with the way Jamie Benn's going right now, you know, somebody who has points in, you know, 10 of his last 12, 14 of his 18 points have come during that stretch. You know, I don't want to take anything away from the Islanders or Matthew Barzell or some of their best people, but, you know, Dallas has depth, they have experience, they have physicality, they've got a pretty dynamite top four on defense. I think it has the ear makings of, of a really, really interesting series. Well, let's dig into that a little bit, guys, and, and uh, do the old compare and contrast, because we're going to see uh, two very elite defensemen, uh, one a little bit more veteran, bigger, stronger kind of guy. Another one is an up-and-coming guy. Uh, maybe, Peter, get us through the the two stud defensemen, one uh, one, obviously, for Dallas in, in Heiskanen and, and uh, Hedman for Tampa Bay. Well, I don't know how you guys see it, but in some ways, and, and I understand, I've been right there with everybody, whether it was Seth Jones, um, you know, what we've seen from Heiskanen, what we saw from Kale McCarr, what we saw from Vancouver's Quinn Hughes. Now, make no mistake, we have a lot of Norris Trophy potential candidates, and, and they have really had a breakout in the playoffs. But I love this 29-year-old Victor Hedman in some ways against the 21-year-old up-and-comer Haskinen. Haskinen leads all NHL defensemen in points with 22. But one player I think is maybe the leader in the Conn Smythe Trophy balloting for me is Hedman. I mean, what doesn't he do? He scored nine goals. He's plus 19 to lead everybody. He plays almost 27 minutes a game. Now, part of that, obviously, is Tampa's been involved in no shortage of overtime games, and he's been a big part. But, you know, the 29-year-old, 6'6", 230 pounds, he does it all. I think he's the best defenseman in the sport the 2018 Norris Trophy winner, it does it all. And, you know, it's been fascinating. We got a great look for six games at Miro Haskinen, and and the sky is the limit. And as I've already talked about, guys, you know, he's going to be a bit of a, a unique player 
along with Klingberg and company for Tampa to have to deal with because, you know, Boston has an outstanding defense and, you know, I guess they had some of the same challenges, obviously, against Jones and Wierenski, so I don't want to take away that. Um, but, you know, Haskinen, Haskinen and Klingberg, especially Haskinen and that defense, can, can pose some interesting challenges for Tampa. But I just think, I think Victor Hedman, who I'll never forget the first time I watched him, uh, it was New Year's Eve at the old Civic Center in Ottawa, Russia against Sweden in a round-robin finale game at the World Junior. And it was my first in-person viewing of Hedman. And I just saw this tall, like a gazelle. Just It was just so raw, with so much talent, so much ability. He ended up going second overall in the 2009 draft. But, guys, what he has become is just the ultimate do-it-all, complete Norris Trophy in the running type defenseman year in and year out. And I think that gets lost a little bit because of the nature of the team that he plays for. You know, Tampa is such a, we think of them and the way they score and their high end talent. I think sometimes Hedman gets lost in the shuffle because he's not a Kucherov or a point or, you know, some of the offense, although. You know, he has his hands all over it in so many different ways in the playoffs. Pretty impressive, even points numbers, when you think that he has 63 and 100. He's already played 103 career playoff games. Yeah, it's something else. It's going to be neat to see those two guys uh, on the same ice trying to get the same thing. It'll be uh, cool to see. It starts tomorrow right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's Friday, which means it's time to dig into Lou's mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Now open Wednesday to Sunday at 5 p.m. Whether you're celebrating or just out for a night on the town, try Ruth's primetime menu and dine on two courses for $49. All right, $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse right now. It goes to Dallas Lee, and maybe a little bit of an... uh, I don't agree with the question, but we're going to see where Lou goes with it. What is your honest opinion on the refing in these 2020 playoffs... We are seeing a lot of questionable calls and non-calls. How do they address the lack of consistency? How have you found the officiating, Lou, overall? Honestly, I found it to be just fine. Um, Me too. I I, I haven't left a lot of games, a lot of nights. Um, You know, each and every night we're going to have some questions. Um, There's so much on the line. I would say this. I had... Probably more concerns early, Kelly, than I have late. Uh, I don't think the officials were somewhat unlike the players in terms of just establishing being back after a break and having, you know, their training camp as it is right back into the thick of it in incredibly important games. So, you know, like the players, a lot has been asked of the officials, but. Um, I, to be frank, um, and I'm probably, uh, I, I've gotten to be someone who, I don't go there very often. I just, I, I just, I don't allow myself to go there very often. The one comment, though, I would say that I have noticed, and I'd be curious on all three of your opinion, um, I've probably felt like there's been less discrepancy in these playoffs in terms of the difference 
between the regular season and the playoffs. How have you guys felt about it? Yeah, I was going to bring that up, and we'll get Peter's uh, PK after this, but I think the first you know, few games, especially in the, uh, the play-in round, it was like, what, what are we seeing here? But then it sort of settled in, and I've seen they, they, they weren't scared to, to call a penalty you know, in the last two nights of the Islander-Tampa series late in the game because a penalty is a penalty. I thought it was refreshing, and, and I, I agree with uh, Lou. I, PK, I, I think they were the, the regular season, the playoff officiating was as close as we've seen it in a long time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think early on they were trying to send a message and it was playoff intensity with regular season officiating. And I think the while while it is closer that they're still letting a few things go. But no, I've I've had no problem with the the officiating in this whole thing. And one of the things that I, I kind of need to remind myself sometimes is even even when you get frustrated with the officials, these are the best refs in the world. Like if if you want to replace these guys just know you're replacing them with someone worse. There isn't a pool of elite NHL officials who just have their feet kicked up and aren't doing anything. Like these are these are the best refs in the world. So if you're going to change them, just know it. You're not going from the top of the pile. You're going from the absolute from yeah. uh, from more toward the bottom. But no, I've I've had absolutely no problem with the officiating throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Logo, were you, you know yelling what? at the TV more or less during these playoffs than maybe you did in the regular? <laughs> How would you assess your? Uh your frustration or, or, or you're like me. I, I, I thought it's been pretty, there's been a few things, um, but pretty decent considering the circumstance. Yeah. Nothing crazy. I mean, I think it leveled off to, to Peter's point. I think it started off maybe a little bit um, rusty and a bit, you know, they have to get back into the groove of everything too. And the pace of it, it's, you know, an incredibly fast game when you're at ice level and trying to keep up with everything, you know, at that pace. So I think that's difficult too. I was interested to see, I think that there's certainly something to be said about, you know, the atmosphere and the fans and the home crowd being on top of you as an official. And, you know, I don't know that it, I think that for the most part, you know, they're professional, but I think that those sort of things can definitely have an outcome sometimes on maybe how fast an arm goes up or doesn't go up in those situations. But I haven't really, had many of those moments. I mean, sure, there's the occasional puck over the glass one, but I mean, in those situations, it should almost be out of their hands and and be reviewable anyways. It happens so fast, and that sort of thing is just kind of out of their control. I haven't had any real issue with the refereeing in this. All right, well, there we go. That's uh, Dallas Lee's question. So I guess we we agree to disagree with Dallas, but we love the question, and we're sending you off to Ruth Tris Steakhouse, a $100 gift card to go have dinner with whoever you like. And uh, our promo people will get involved and uh, let you know how you get that. We'll just probably mail it to you. That's usually how it works. And if you'd like to be involved in Lou's Mailbag on Fridays, we do it every Friday. We wrap up the uh, segment with Peter Labardius with a, uh, a question. And that's where you come in. You can just go to our website, go to contests, look for Lou's Mailbag, enter all the details in. If we use your question, you're off to get an amazing dinner Ooh. at Roos Chris Steakhouse. They... Uh, they're awesome all the time. They've got all kinds of specials. Check their website for some details. And uh, that is Lou's Mailbag. Lou's Mailbag, brought to you by Roos Chris Steakhouse. Make Roos part of your game day celebration. Catch all the action in their lounge or book a private room. With amazing food and a great atmosphere, it's the best place to watch a game in style. Well, Lou, the weekend approaches. We'll be uh, back at it on Monday. We'll have a game under our belts for the Stanley Cup. And... Uh, 
starting to think about a few different things, including a, a certain draft that's coming up on October yes. the 6th. Which yes, is right I'm, uh, I am digging very heavily. It's It's been interesting, too, because did a lot of work going back to March to get ready for it when we thought that it could have. Remember, at one point they were talking about the draft being held in March, yeah. and then it got shifted. So um been doing a little refreshing, and and it's uh, I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited about our mock draft that we're gonna come up with again, Sammy and Boom and myself. It's one of the highlights on my annual calendar, and and this this is uh, this is a great group to try to determine the first round and who's gonna take who and and where. And we always have a great time. So uh, yeah, we'll get into that for yeah. sure. And I just, I think the Flames maybe should pick a defenseman because they haven't done it in two years. So maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a plan. Maybe that's unless the plan. The right, maybe it's unless not. the right, right winger is there. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on your, uh, I'm, I'm basically on your page too. Okay. Okay. We'll dig in yep. into that uh, next yep. week and, and see what we come up with. Have an awesome weekend, Lou. We'll talk Monday. Okay. You guys too. Take care, everybody. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. PK, are you feeling spicy today? How, how would you assess your, your spiciness right now? I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 15 spice, which yeah. is uh, right, yeah, right around are. where Bacardi is. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, what about your spice? Are you ready to rock? Oh, you yeah, f- absolutely. I'm going to be a captain and get my spice on all weekend. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to do the spiciest moment of the week, but we're not doing it right now. That's, uh, that's foreshadowing. That's teasing because uh, you just got to hang in there, and uh, it's going to be very cool. And we're going to send it out on our social media channels. I think you're going to love it. I Would we say this week's spiciest moment is the best we've had? Ooh, I would say so, yeah. I think. I yeah. mean, look, it's... Under the circumstances? Right, yeah. Like, we're, we're comparing Wayne Gretzky to Mario Lemieux with this sort of a mm-hmm. thing. But, yeah, I, I would say it's it's the spiciest for sure. Okay. Well, guys, well, we'll hear from Elliot Friedman next. We'll uh, talk a little bit about what we saw last night and also tee up what the boys got coming up on on the big show we're gonna have to make it a little shorter today because it'll be uh, scoreboard watching with the jays having a double header two o'clock they take on philadelphia and we'll take the second game five five thirty five fifteen whatever you won't miss a thing of the second game for sure it is hockey central at noon right here on sportsnet 960 hockey central at noon on sportsnet 960 the fan coming up our spiciest moment of the week before then, let's hear from Elliot Friedman uh, on earlier with the guys, Ryan Pinder, Boomer, and Rhett Warner. And uh, Boom asked him, like, you know, here we are, set for the Stanley Cup final. We thought it was going to be crazy, wacky, and full of upsets. And that's the first question, basically, uh, Boom asked Elliot. I don't know if it's been as crazy um, or unpredictable. I mean, it's certainly been unpredictable. I mean, I don't know if anybody would have predicted Dallas to be in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, at when this started, you know, remember how poorly they played when, you, you know, in the round robin and they couldn't score goals and we're all sitting there and saying they're going nowhere. Um, you know, would anybody have predicted the Islanders to reach um, the Eastern Conference final? I don't know that anybody would. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll tell you this. I think the, 
I think that to me, the the most amazing thing about hockey and basketball is how the bubbles have worked. I don't know what we expected, and and I knew they would take a mental strain on the people involved in them. It's a lot, but the bubbles have worked. They they haven't had COVID outbreaks. Knock on wood. Um, they you know the the quality of play has been better. And I think we really expected. I think the players have put on a great show. So I think there are things that have definitely surpassed expectations, and those would be two of them. I don't know that he needed a coming out party, and it's the not right. It's not the right terminology for sure. But uh, Victor Hedman has yep. I mean, point has been un- unbelievable. He scored huge goals, but I don't know how you look at what Hedman has done for the Lightning. Uh, it feels like we're watching one of the all-time performances from a blue liner this postseason. Well, he's got nine goals. I mean, I didn't realize it until last night when I looked. Like, Bo Horvat is still the leader with 10. And you know, the guy right behind him right now is a defenseman. You know, Coffey got the record, 12, but he did it in 18 games. Now, Hedman's game yesterday was his 19th. Um, although he didn't get any in that qualifying round or that whatever you're calling it, the round robin that, that Tampa was in. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is, is that you forget with Hedman what a physical beast he is. Like there was, I think it was two games ago, Ross Johnston took a run at him. And you know, Ross Johnston is no little guy. Like that's a big, tough man. And Hedman just shrugged him off. He was like, get lost. And, you know, and I think that, that's that's the part of his game that probably gets ignored or not recognized as much as anything else. How big he is, how strong he is, how mean he is, and how he's willing to handle all of that stuff. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think he's a, he's a great player. I think if Tampa wins, depending on what happens, he's probably your Con Smythe guy. To me, that's my biggest question about Tampa is, like, you can see Point. He is gutting it out. He is absolutely gutting it out. He's on the bench. He's grimacing. Uh, he's using some kind of, I don't know if it's a massager or whatever it is, just to kind of get his body going. Um, you know, I, I, he's, he's basically decided that he's going as long as, as long as hard as he can stand it. And, you know, if he goes down... I think it's going to be an enormous challenge the way Dallas is going to beat them without point. And they don't get the luxury where they might otherwise. You win in six, maybe you get three, four, five days. Yeah. You get no break. No break. break. And and there's a back-to-back next week too, right? Like next Friday, Saturday is a back-to-back. So, you know, it's a tight, condensed schedule. There's no question about it. Uh, Ryan, any questions you want to jump in here with uh, with Elliot? Yeah. Um, what are you What are you complaining about this week, Pinder? Well, and I was just going to say, I hate to be the like, let's go pour cold water on things or bitch and moan, but no, you how don't. In, no, how you don't. The, that, actually, that is right. your identity, <laughs> the bitch and moan guy. Oh, this is Ryan Pinder. This is what I hate this week. Okay, hit me. What is it? Um, what happened to the fancy new billionaire that was going to save the Coyotes? Well, you know, here's here's what's gone on. Um, I mean, the guy has money. There's no question about that. I think a couple of things have happened. Uh, he has a lot of money in the Sahara Casino in Vegas. And the, and the casino there has, I mean, the casino industry has taken a beating. Um, you know, when a couple of years ago when the Coyotes were for sale, I think there were two competing bids. One of them was uh, Mike Gillis' bid. 
and one of them was this bid. And I think John Chaka went and he found the Morillos. And, you know, they bought into his vision. And, you know, all of a sudden, Chaka's gone. And, you know, like, it, like COVID hits. It's a financial beating for everybody. Um, and, you know, the Coyotes at their best have always been an organization that battles to survive. And now you get the worst possible situation and they're getting hammered. And, uh, but you know, I will say this, there, there's some things that he's done that I'm not crazy about at all. Uh, big time layoffs, this battle with uh, the, over the lease. Yeah. Um, the, the bonuses to me is, is, is bad. And they were late with the per diem. Like, I don't know what the issue is here, but it's obvious that he's a guy who likes a battle and he's going to battle with everyone. And um, I think that, I don't know if, I think basically what I would guess is, Ryan, is that, you know, he knew that the Coyotes were a challenge. You had to get the new arena and it was a challenge. But I don't think he expected it to be like this. Hmm. And I think he probably regrets it. Um, but you know, you, you got to pay your bills. You got to, you, if you have employees or you, you agree to contracts, you have to fulfill them. And, you know, the thing that, uh, the thing with Steenbergen, that was the one that really surprised me. Like that's a $45,000 bonus due in mid July. I mean, you got to pay it. And, you know, they told him the check was in the mail. And then two weeks later, the agent had to reach out and say, let's get this done. And uh, they, they direct deposit it that day. I mean, you can't like you can't do business like that. You can't. So what? I just want to jump. This this has been. I I, I read an article that was written yesterday. Yeah. Uh, either the this, one about the lease, right? Well, it's it's just the whole thing. It's either this franchise has m- attracted the worst potential owners possible. How many owners have gone through there since the move to the desert? And all of them have either proven to be insolvent or just not very trustworthy, whatever you want to use it. Uh, the attendance is not good. The building is nice, but it's it's now getting dated. The fans don't come. This has been a black hole of a North American sports franchise for a long time now. At what point does Gary Bettman just say, enough's enough? Um, 18,000 people in Quebec City is better than 8,000. 8, yeah. At, at what point do you just cut bait? You know, I, I'll tell you this. Like, the one thing about Batman is he's proven he will do, he will fight for this organization, like, basically until the end. He's going to battle for it. I don't even, like, I don't even ask that question anymore because he has shown he will do everything to fight for that franchise. And that's kind of the default answer. Um, so I don't expect anything different. Look, I know when they found the Marillo family, they were really excited about them. Um, and I, I'll tell you the other thing, too, is that in the interview process, uh, Alex Marillo Jr. was very involved. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants to be part of this group. And he wants to be, he wants to be involved. So the fact that he was involved as he was tells me that I, I don't think they're planning on going anywhere. Um, I just think that, you know, like the reality of the situation is right now, 
I mean, look how many teams are cutting staff. Look how many teams have done layoffs. Look how many teams have asked people to take pay cuts. You know, this is where we are, and this has exacerbated the problem. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, when they traded for Taylor Hall this year, uh, they had an attendance bump. You know, they, you know people went to games. Um, you know, the, the toughest thing is, is that the team hasn't had a lot of success. And it's a very difficult market to be successful in because of all the things you just named. There's a lot of challenges there. And if you look at the past decade, you know, they had a great run for a time under a couple of years under Maloney and Tippett. And then because of all the challenges there, it, it fell apart. Chica came in. He tried some new things. Uh, I really did think that they were building. And, you know, they made the Hall trade this year and there was a bump. And now the financial situation of COVID and the fact that revenue sharing is is like a lot of the teams that contribute to revenue sharing, they lost money too because of this. It's a challenge. There's no question about it. But to answer your question, um, Batman has always fought for them, and I don't expect anything different. And so when we now look back with a little bit of time, uh, between the event and where we are today, do we see John Chaika's exit um, differently? Were we always suspicious about um, his working with the family and, and, you know, this now continued presence of the son? What do you mean by suspicious? Well, I guess both of them had, you know, press releases on leaving, but was it was, was Chaika very worried about the, the punishment coming from the league for the scouting violations, or was this entirely like, uh-oh, Junior wants to come in and run this team. This is a bad scenario. i got to get out of here. Because it sounded like it wasn't no, even a lateral I, move. I, it was going to be I a think, lesser I move think, to get out of there. No, I, I, think he, I, I think he had a job offer. But it wasn't to be a GM, according – you had said it would be something lesser than that, correct? Well, I, yeah, I think there – I don't know what the title was, but – I think he had a job offer from New Jersey, whether it was across the board or like the, what I was told, it was, it was like an across the board job offer in Jersey. Hmm. Um, and I think he had it. And I don't know where this is going. At some point in time, I expect that Bettman will rule on it. But I can tell you what, like what a couple of guys have said. They've, they've seen like, like, look, like you take a look at the thing that happened this week with the um, with the lease. And, you know, people are wondering if Chaika has a point that, you know, that the lease. Oh, you didn't see that story this week? Well, I'm not sure what you're alluding to here. Scouting stuff? Well, so the lease of the rink. Lawsuit, right? Yeah, well, the the manager of the lease. I thought you said lease. I'm sorry. Lease. Yeah, lease. lease. Yeah, lease. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that some people have said to me, well, okay, like, does Chaika have a point here because there's so many other issues going around the organization that maybe he did have the right to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And that's kind of what but I was Batman's, asking. But Batman's got a rule on that, right? Okay. There we go. Uh, Elliot Friedman from earlier today with uh, Boomer and Ryan Pinder right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, we've been teasing it for oh, about, uh, I don't know, 47 minutes. We can go... It, we could maybe tease it a little longer, but I think we have to get to it. Next, it's our spiciest moment of the week. Peter Klein is going to reveal it next, right here on Hockey Central. 
Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Peter Klein, Logan Gordon. It is Hockey Central at noon, and we can wait no longer. Peter, you've been going all through our audio, figuring out what is going to be our spiciest moment of the week. We started basically, I guess, Saturday and thought, what what audio gold clip are we going to use? And, sir, what have you decided? Yes, uh, thousands of contenders have fallen yeah, by the wayside to our, our champion. Uh, this week, the uh, the winner, I think it, it, we, we figured it out early. A lot of good contenders come after that. Uh, but the winner this week is the Dallas Stars Western Conference Final Celebration. Of a series, uh, of a game, big goals from Shabby, Kiwi, Danny, stuck on those, but <laughs> I got to give it to the f***ing Russian machine. Yeah! Going there you go, the Dallas Stars. Uh, that was Anton Hudobin right at the end there. We are not going home. No, they're not, <laughs> as they will start the best of seven series against the Tampa Bay Lightning, see if they can get their second Stanley Cup in franchise history uh, starting tomorrow, 5.30. Most of the games are at 6, uh, but tomorrow night, for some reasons, at 5.30. We'll have them all for you right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It takes a real captain to make a bold choice made with aged rum for smoothness and blended with natural spices. Try Bacardi Spiced for your next home game. And if you're saying, oh, don't tell me the spiciest moment is, is over, it's not. We have a lot more audio to go through because we're going to do it next week and the week after, Peter. Love it. That's great. I, I think we need to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ever fully ready to experience all the spiciness that comes with these, but uh, I'll try to be as close to ready as I can be. Okay. And now uh, we've got lots going on. We should mention, okay, the big show, you may shorten up a little bit because we're going to have Blue Jays baseball on the drive home at five o'clock. They're playing a doubleheader in Philadelphia. First game, two o'clock. Second game, we think around five. We will have the entirety of game number two. There's no rain in the Philadelphia forecast, so we're we look good there. Um, we also, a little programming note, normally we have Eric Francis Fridays in Hockey Central. We'll do that at 3.30 with you guys. So uh, lots going on. Peter, what else have you have planned for the big show? Uh, coming up at 1.20, we will have former Stamp, current NFL team analyst Mark Bowrichter on to talk about the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, as well as the rest of the NFL after week one. Uh, so looking forward to that. Of course, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning off to the Stanley Cup final, which can only mean one thing. A glorious edition of Michigan Monday on a Friday. I cannot wait for this. I have not heard the Michigan clip yet. I am so excited to hear him and Espo go off as Tampa Bay book their ticket to the Stanley Cup final. So all that and more coming up starting at one o'clock on the big show. I will say the OT uh, call is uh, interesting. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> is that good? Oh, I can't wait. How's that for a tease? <laughs> interesting. It, a spicy tease for sure. Uh, yes, it is. Big shows next right here on Sportsnet 960.